It's time to break down the Buffalo Bills Week 16 opponent, the challenges they present, and what the Bills need to do to deal with them today on Locked on Bills. You are Locked on Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino, author of Go Bills and Buffalo's Run, also the co-host of the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. want to thank you for making Locked On Bills your first listen every day, and a big welcome and shout-out to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, I appreciate y'all being here very, very much. I'd also like to invite you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Well, folks, it's time to get ready for this Saturday night game, Bills Chargers. Let's break it down from every angle. We'll talk about the keys to victory for the Bills, all the matchups. Let's do it. So the Bills on the road, week 16, to face the Los Angeles Chargers. The game will be played on Saturday, December 23rd at 8 p.m. Eastern time at SoFi Stadium in Inglewood, California. The game will be broadcasted on Peacock. Mike Tirico, the play-by-play guy, Chris Collinsworth, the game analyst, Melissa Stark, the sideline reporter. Folks, you got to get the Peacock app to watch this game. I'm not sure if there's some local options, but this is a Peacock exclusive game. It's a subscription service. From what I understand, there's going to be no commercials in the fourth quarter. It's going to be a little different, but such is the uh, evolution of watching NFL football in the year 2023. This is going to be the 41st all-time meeting between the Bills and Chargers. Didn't realize the Bills have not had a lot of success against the Chargers. They have an all-time mark of 13-25-2 against the Chargers. The last meeting was November 2020. The Bills won that game 27, uh, 27-17 in a game that featured Cole Beasley throwing a 20-yard touchdown pass to Gabe Davis. Bills enter this game 8-6. and six. The Chargers are 5-9. and nine. The Chargers collected wins against the Vikings, Raiders, Bears, Jets, and Patriots. Their losses came to the Dolphins, Titans, Cowboys, Chiefs, Lions, Packers, Ravens, Broncos, and Raiders. Now, there's obviously some very unique dynamics for this game. This is typically the part of our primer episodes where I tell you about the head coach and I tell you about the quarterback. Well, the head coach is not Brandon Staley. The quarterback is not Justin Herbert. Brandon Staley was fired, and Justin Herbert is on injured reserve out for the remainder of the season. Now, the head coach of the Chargers is Giff Smith. That's their interim head coach. Let me tell you about this guy, 55 years old. This is his first ever game as a head coach and, of course, replacing Brandon Staley. His first NFL gig actually came as the Bills' defensive line coach, a job that he held from 2010 through 2012 with Chan Gailey, who uh, Chan Gailey and Giff Smith worked together at Georgia Tech, and so when Chan Gailey got the Bills job, he brought Giff with him to be the defensive line coach. 
after he was with the Bills from 2010 through 2012, he went to the Titans. He was their defensive line coach for two seasons, 2014 and 2015. And then he became the Chargers defensive line coach in 2017, has held that position until now. He's the interim head coach. The quarterback for the Chargers is going to be Easton Stick. Let me tell you about Easton Stick. He's 28 years old, was a fifth-round pick by the Chargers in 2019 out of North Dakota State. So he's been on the team for a while, hasn't played a ton. But he did play a ton in college at North Dakota State, a legendary career. He won four FCS national championships at North Dakota State, three of those as the starting quarterback. Six foot one, 224 pounds. He's an excellent athlete, has an RAS score of a 949. Keeping in mind, a perfect RAS score is a 10. Let me tell you about some of this athleticism that he has. Again, 6'1, 224. So has that dense build. He's kind of have kind of has a build like uh Sam Howell does. And his athleticism, very good. Uh 40 yard dash, 462. That's an 85th percentile score. Among quarterbacks, 33 and a half inch vertical jump, that's 74th percentile. 118 inch broad jump, that's 84th percentile. 665 three cone drill, which is insanely good, that's 98th percentile. And a 405 short shuttle, which is 97th percentile. So you have a dense build, and you got a really, really good athlete here at the quarterback position. And he was a very good runner at North Dakota State. Four seasons as a college starter. And across those four seasons, 2,500 rushing yards and 41 rushing touchdowns. So that's something the Bills will definitely have to account for as far as it goes uh, with defending Easton Stick. Is you know he He's a quarterback. He can throw the ball, but that running ability definitely is a component of his game. He's started just one game. His first start ever came last week against the Raiders, where he went 23 of 32 for 257 yards. Three passing touchdowns, did have one interception, but he only ran the ball once for 11 yards. He played a, a fair amount in the game before as well. So in two games this season, Easton Stick is 36 of 56, so that's a completion percentage of 64%, 436 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. He has fumbled the ball four times. He fumbled it twice against the Raiders and twice the week before. So that's been a bit of an issue for him. Some of the metrics, and again, we typically get into some very involved metrics. We don't have a big sample size of Easton Stick. He's only thrown 56 passes. Uh, his average depth of target, 7.7 yards from the line of scrimmage. Play action, 13% of the time uh, when he's been in the game. Their screen percentage is very high, 14.5%. So you got to be ready for the screen game this week. He throws deep, and when I say he throws deep, that means 20 yards or more down the field. That's 9% of the time he's done that. And on those passes, he's three for five for 161 yards and a touchdown. So pretty good production there in a very small sample size. When he's pressured, he's not been good. Uh, seven for 16, uh, 41 yards. That's a passer rating of 51. So not very good when he's under pressure. When he's kept clean, he is quite good. 29 of 40, 395 yards, three touchdowns, an interception, and a passer rating of 118.2. And then when he's blitzed, he's not been very good. Uh, 10 of 20 for 83 yards and a pick. So again, not the normal data that we go through when we talk about opposing quarterbacks. Uh, so I think it's most important to be aware of the skill set. Dense build, athletic, can run. And I'm surprised that he hasn't run more in the opportunities that he's had to play this year. 
He can throw the ball. He's not a very dynamic thrower. I uh, was at the Shrine game. I think it was actually in Tampa Bay. Uh, and Easton Stick was there. And I had live eyes on him for multiple days of practice. And I don't think he's a super talented thrower of the football. Now, he's he's passable for the NFL. But I think where he can really find some success in a tough situation for him is going to be using his legs and winning as a runner. I think that's going to be an important part for him, although very surprisingly, it hasn't been in the small sample size, like a game and a half that he's played so far this season. So that's Easton Stick, and that's the uh, the quarterback that Josh Allen's going head-to-head with on Saturday night. All right, we're going to talk more about this Chargers offense beyond Easton Stick here in just a second, so be sure to stick with us. But folks, I am obsessed with DoorDash. The convenience of DoorDash is simply unmatched. They'll bring you groceries right to your front door. They'll bring you food from your favorite local restaurants right to your front door. We're going to be watching this game Saturday night, 8 o'clock Eastern time. You think you're going to want to worry about dinner? You don't have to. Just order on DoorDash. They'll bring you food right to your front door. I love that I can get food from my favorite local restaurants. I love El Vallarta for Mexican. I love Smoke Pit for barbecue. My favorite Italian place is Rosario's, and they'll bring that right to my front door. It's super, super convenient. Saves me a bunch of time, even groceries, right? Just go on there, pick out your groceries. They'll go to the store and pick them up for you, bring them right to your front door. So check it out. Got a deal here for you. Get 50% off up to a $10 value. You spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23. Subject to change, terms apply. Again, that's 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23. Subject to change, terms apply. The offensive coordinator for the Chargers is Kellen Moore, 34 years old, was a backup quarterback. Well, he played college ball at Boise State, and he was the backup in Dallas for a while. And then he became the quarterback's coach in 2019 for the Dallas Cowboys. And then he was their offensive coordinator for several seasons, four seasons as the Dallas Cowboys offensive coordinator. And then he came to the Chargers this past year. He had a really good run with Dallas. And I think for Dallas, I think they wanted to move forward with Mike McCarthy having his full opportunity to be the head coach and play caller and offensive coordinator. And, you know, meanwhile, Kellen Moore's had head coaching interviews in the NFL, and now he's coordinating this Chargers offense and um, hasn't really gone as well as I'm sure they hoped. Uh, But when he was with Dallas, he coordinated the number one offense in terms of yards per game in two of four seasons, and he had a top six scoring offense three of four seasons. So very good production with Dallas. And obviously, it hasn't fully come together with the Chargers in his first season. Uh, metrics for the Chargers offense this season. And again, this is it's hard to really put too much into this because this is with Justin Herbert as the quarterback for all but like six quarters of it. So let's just keep that in mind. This is Easton Stick now as a quarterback. But the Chargers this season averaging 22 points per game. That's 17th in the NFL. 6.1 yards per pass. That's 16th. yards per rush. That's pretty low. That's 27th in the NFL. 11.5% of drives, they turn it over. That's 16th in the league. They convert on third down 34% of the time, which is 21st, but they were surprisingly 50% on third down with Easton Stick last week 
against the Raiders. Um, 65% red zone touchdown percentage. That is actually fourth best in the NFL, but again, that's really a Justin Herbert number. When it comes to their offensive personnel, we'll start at wide receiver, and the, the player to pay attention to here is, is Keenan Allen. You know, Keenan Allen's had a crazy good year this season. Leads the AFC in receptions with 107. I think he's second in yards only behind Tyreek Hill, and he missed last week. And he might miss this game as well. Uh, has a heel injury. Again, didn't practice all week, didn't play against the Raiders, and he hasn't practiced as of Tuesday or Wednesday this week. So I'm not sure what his game status is, but it doesn't look good. Mike Williams, their other top receiver, he's only played in three games a season. He's out for the year. So you have a backup quarterback going to battle here, probably without his top two receivers. Now, who they do have at receiver, Josh Palmer, who was a third-round pick a few years ago, out of Tennessee, he's got ball skills, got good body control, decent athlete, um, but more of a third option or a fourth option than a one, right? And that's kind of what he's going to be asked to do. They have Quentin Johnson, who's their first-round pick out of TCU. He's been super inconsistent this year, uh, as you guys probably remember, because we talked all about wide receivers and the bills and the draft. I wasn't interested in Quentin Johnson. I had a third-round grade on him. I think he's very raw in terms of his hands and ball skills and route running. And I think that's absolutely been true so far in his rookie campaign. And then they have some other guys, Jalen Guyton, who's been kind of a, an occasional spark for them in a, in a, you know, a small role, but he has some production from time to time. And then Darius Davis, their fourth round pick, who's really made an impact for them this year in the return game, but he's got, he's got a lot of athleticism four three speed. So you'll have to be mindful of him in this game, but, Probably not going to have Keenan Allen. So your number one receiver, Josh Palmer, Quinton Johnston, and then we'll see with Jalen Guyton and Darius Davis. At tight end, Ger- Gerald Everett's their primary tight end, very athletic, as having a, a modest season. And then he's backed up by Don- Donald Parham, who's like, honestly, like six foot nine, just crazy, crazy amount of length. Um, tall, tall dude. I actually, I sat behind him on a plane one time and I, I mean, just could not believe that he was able to sit in the in the seat. He's just so tall. And then Stone Smart is their third tight end. He actually had a few targets last week against the Raiders, but he's your, your traditional third tight end. At running back, uh, Austin Eckler, who's been such a productive player for them throughout the years, but he really hasn't been this year. He's not having a good season, and he didn't get a lot of opportunity last week against the Raiders. Josh Kelly is the backup. He's more of a downhill between the tackles runner. And then Isaiah Spiller, is their third back, and he's kind of like Josh Kelly, but he hasn't played much this year except for last week. He got a ton of opportunity. So on the season, it's been 141 carries for Eckler, 102 for Kelly, and 34 for Spiller, except for last week, Spiller got 16. 16 of his 34 carries on the season came last week. Well, Eckler got five and Kelly got five. So who knows? What's going on here? They're probably trying to look at some different players, but uh, you you would think Austin Eckler is going to be their guy, but last week it was Isaiah Spiller. So who knows? Who knows what's going to happen here? Eckler, pass catcher, speedy, shifty. The other two are more downhill physical runners. And then when it comes to targets, last week against Vegas, Gerald Everett got eight targets. Austin Eckler got five. Josh Palmer, four. Quentin Johnson, three. And Stone's Stone Smart three. 
I think that's probably going to be their primary options. But again, really new looking football team here uh, since the last time they played. So we'll see what happens when it comes to their distribution of receiving yards this year. Keenan Allen, 1,245 yards. Then Josh Palmer with 490. Then it's Eckler with 373. Quentin Johnson with 356. And Gerald Everett with 334. To give you an idea of kind of who their primary options have been. But again, this is an Easton Stick-led offense. So we'll uh, we'll have to see as we go here. Their offensive line. Their left tackle is Rashawn Slater. I think he's a Pro Bowl caliber left tackle. I submitted my Pro Bowl ballot literally this morning. And Rashawn Slater was one of my picks for uh, tackle in the AFC. Zion Johnson's their left guard, uh, first round pick last year, second year player. I think he's been solid. Not sure he's been dominant, uh, but he's a. I think he's a solid starting left guard. Their center. This is where things get real dicey because they're down to their third guy. Uh, their primary starter is Corey Lindsley. He's hurt, and then last week Will Clapp, their backup, got hurt. So now they're down to Brendan Jamie's, their third center. Should be a good opportunity for the Bills to take advantage of there. Uh, right guard Jamari Sawyer, second year player. He was very important for them last year in replacement of Rashawn Slater, who was hurt. He played some tackle. This year, they've put him at guard. Hasn't been quite as good. And then the right tackle is Trey Pipkins, who had a breakout season last year, got a contract extension, and he's really regressed this season. So that center, right guard, right tackle, that's really where their problems are on this offensive line. So what are my keys for the Bills on defense against this Chargers offense? Well, number one, I have down... Be ready for the quarterback run game. I, I was stunned to find out that he had one carry so far this season in like six quarters of play. I think they're going to get him going, and I think they understand that this, that's going to be an important part of them having any chance to be successful. They have to involve Easton Stick in the quarterback run game. So be ready for that. Number two for the Bills defense is be ready for weird. This is a 5-9 and nine team that just fired their head coach that's on a backup quarterback in his second career start. Trick plays are coming, right? Like, you got to be ready for all kinds of unique things to happen. Non-quarterbacks throwing passes, reverses, flea flickers, all of it. And so the key here is be ready for weird. And the way that you're ready for weird is you just stay true to your rules. You have to be a disciplined defense, fulfill your assignments, and you'll be fine. But you got to have that heightened sense of awareness in a game like this. Number three is beat up the right side of that O-line. And we're talking about a, from the center to the right tackle, a third-string center, a right guard in Jamali Sawyer who's been just okay, and a right tackle in Trey Pipkins who has really struggled this year. you got to win those matchups. Number four is throw the kitchen sink at Easton Stick. Blitz him, mix up coverages, keep his head spinning. And let's, let's be honest here. Sean McDermott the last two weeks has really shut down Patrick Mahomes and Dak Prescott. Easton Stick should not be the quarterback that suddenly is able to figure your defense out. So throw it all at him. Give him a bunch of looks. You can blitz him. Whatever you want to do, just keep the licks, the looks coming and keep him thinking. And number five is hunt the football. Hunt the ball. This team turned it over five times last week. Easton Stick has four fumbles in, in a very short amount of time. So whether you're, you're trying to dislodge the football, you make plays on the ball in the air, be aggressive, hunt the ball, and see if you can get them into a spiral of turnovers like they did last week. I'm not sure you're going to get five, but two or three would be helpful in this football game.
All right, we're going to talk about the Chargers on defense. A lot of moving parts there as well. So stick with us. We're going to break that all down here. Uh, but folks, you got to check out Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun, easiest, most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. The format is incredible. I love it. It's just you against the numbers. It's not you against thousands of other players, including pros, including sharks. Here's what you do. You select two or more players. You pick more or less in their projected stats. You place your entry. That is it. It doesn't take long. Picks can be made in under a minute. And then when you win, the withdrawals are super, super quick. And I also love this. You can you can cross-pollinate between sports. So if you have a few football uh, projections that you like, mix it together with some hockey or some basketball, you can you know intertwine the sports there and really put together an entry that you love. So check it out. Go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use code LOCKEDONNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash NFL and use code NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, folks, let's talk about this Chargers defense that is suddenly coordinated by Derek Ainsley, right? Brandon Staley was their head coach, defensive play caller. Now that goes to the 42-year-old Derek Ainsley. Let me tell you about this guy. He was uh, the, he's been their defensive backs coach. So since 2021, he's been the DB coach for the Chargers. And his his path to getting here was he was the Tennessee Volunteers DB coach at college level from 2019 and 2020. Then he got this job. But how this all came together is he has only four years of NFL experience. He was part of John Gruden's staff in 2018 with the Raiders. And he was their DB's coach. So then he took that job, and then he went to Tennessee in college, the Vols, to be their defensive coordinator, a job that he held 2019 and 2020. And then that staff in Tennessee got fired, and he went to to Los Angeles. He came up as Alabama defensive backs coach. So young guy, right, 42, only four years of NFL experience, but has served as a DB coach for Nick Saban at Alabama and was the defensive coordinator in the SEC. The Chargers' defense has not played well this year. They're giving up 25 points per game on average. That's 28th. 375 yards per game, that's 29th. 6.5 yards per pass, that's 27th. 4.2 yards per rush, that's 17th. They only get a turnover 10% of drives, that's 23rd. They allow a third down 38% of, uh, excuse me, they allow a first down on 38% of third down opportunities, which is 14th. They give up a red zone touchdown 56% of the time, which is 17th. They blitz 31% of the time, which is top 10. That's actually ninth. They only get pressure 19.8% of the time, which is 24th. Their sack rate is 8%, which is 10th. So not a ton of consistent pressure, but they do get a fair amount of sacks. And, and their big reason why is Khalil Mack, who's had a feels like he's had so many sacks this year. That's their lead guy on the edge, having one of his best seasons after a little bit of uh, some quiet of late. But edge, their edge rushers, Khalil Mack, uh, Tuli Tuipolotu, who's a rookie out of USC, a good-looking rookie, uh, plays hard, versatile, has good pass rush moves, good hand technique. I think he's going to be a real fine for them. And then it's Morgan Fox, who's been a, a savvy vet for a while. Justin Hollins, who's been a, kind of a flashy hybrid edge rusher, has his moments, but you know he'll certainly fade from time to time. We'll see on Joey Bosa. This is the first game that he's available to return from the injured reserve list. Not sure if they're going to get him back or not, but that's something to be mindful of this week. But Khalil Mack, Tuli, Tuipolotu have been having a great season, those two guys. 
On the interior, uh, their veterans are Austin Johnson, Sebastian Joseph Day. I think those are probably better served as like a third guy off the bench or like a backup nose tackle, and they start those guys, and they're backed up by Scott Matlock and Christopher Hinton, who are more rotational players. I think their defensive tackle position is kind of missing some juice. At linebacker, they got veteran Eric Kendricks, had a long career with the Vikings. He's now the Mike linebacker for the Los Angeles Chargers. He's definitely fallen off uh, from kind of the, the Pro Bowl caliber linebacker that you've seen in the past. His running mate is Kenneth Murray, who uh, first-round pick by the Chargers. has kind of been disappointing. Really athletic, but processing coverage, not really his forte. At corner, the outside guys will be Asante Samuel. And Michael Davis, I think Michael Davis is physical, uh, kind of a fairly consistent, not a high-end performer, but a, a solid starter. And then Asante Samuel has got a lot of ball production, good man-to-man coverage skills, but I wouldn't call him lockdown. I think he's more of an opportunistic corner, uh, certainly a starting caliber guy, but I'm not sure he's a super, super high-impact shutdown corner. And then their slots, Jasir Taylor is saying Bassey to put Derwin James down in the slot. They'll be a little bit more matchup specific with the slot, but whether it's Bassey or Taylor, those are not high-end slot corners. At safety, it's Derwin James and Aloe Gilman. Derwin James, obviously a big name, not having a great season. Uh, missed tackles, processing errors, has not been the, the vintage high-impact safety that we've come to expect from him. And then Aloe Gilman is a, a physical safety. I, I, I think he's... Uh, I, Kind of a, a dense build, physical, not super athletic or rangy, but assignment driven. And I, I he's a nice he's a nice player. Uh, he's no slug out there, and I think he's he's probably been their best safety this year, to be honest with you. And he's a like I said, he got some physicality coming downhill, um, but I'm not sure he's not going to play man coverage in lock up Dalton Kincaid. Like that's not his forte. He could play split zones and tackle. So that's the personnel. They got some. They got some issues here. They, their their defensive tackles are below average. Their linebackers have been just okay. I think their slot situation's a, a bit of an issue, and then they're not getting what they need out of Derwin James. So what are my keys for the Bills on offense against this defense? Number one, be aggressive, score points. I mean, throw the ball. Let's go. Let's let's get a lead here and dare Easton Stick to match points with Josh Allen. Be aggressive and score points. Number two is run the ball. The Chargers are one and five in their last six games, and they're during that span, they're allowing an average of 146 rushing yards per game. We've been talking about the Bills rushing offense being hot. It's obviously coming off of its, you know, shining performance against the Dallas Cowboys. But this is not that performance was obviously huge, and everybody's talking about it. But we've been talking about how the Bills rushing offense has really, really found itself. And so keep it going. Run the ball against this team. Number three is protection schemes are going to be important here. They're going to blitz, right? Top 10 blitz rate in the league. They got some good pass rushers in Khalil Mack and the young guy, Tui Pelotu. Morgan Fox is no slug. Uh, so you got to be ready for some creative blitzes and then just some some challenging one-on-one matchups. I mean, Khalil, Khalil Mack's having a great season, and his one-on-ones against Spencer Brown and uh, Deion Dawkins are going to be important. And then number four is attack the middle of the field. I don't think they have good coverage linebackers. I don't think they have good coverage safeties. I don't think they have good coverage slot players. Like, go attack these matchups. You're going to have mismatches with Khalil Shakir and 
Dalton Kincaid. And if you put Diggs in the slot, like you're going to have some good opportunities. Go after these matchups and be be aggressive. Special teams. Uh, their kicker is Cameron Dicker. That's right, Dicker the kicker. Uh, Second-year player. Has not missed an extra point yet in his career, 61 of 61. And he's been very good this year, 19 of 20 on field goals. His only miss was beyond 50 yards in week three. So he's having a great year. Their punter is J.K. Scott. I think he's a top-tier NFL punter, and he booms the ball. 4.72 average hang time this year. Uh, And he's been above 4.7 the last three seasons. To give you an idea, like Sam Martin chilling around 4.2. This guy's getting an extra half second of hang time than Sam Martin. This is a good punter. And then their kick returner is a dangerous one. He's not somebody I'm I'm particularly interested in messing with. Uh, You don't want to give this team a spark, and they can get a spark through Darius Davis. Good-looking young returner. Uh, He's averaging 16 yards per punt return, and uh, he's got 4'3 speed. He's one of those small guys, 5'8", 165 pounds, 4'3 speed. Rookie out of TCU. He had six return touchdowns at TCU. So, I'm not interested in giving them a spark. You know, sometimes I'll tell you at the end of these podcasts, like, yeah, you could test that guy. I don't think he's explosive or dangerous. Davis is dangerous, and this is not a dangerous team. So don't give them little extra opportunities by challenging them to return the ball on kickoffs. And a lot of times I'm in favor of that. This is not one of those times. I wouldn't really want to mess with Darius Davis. So there you have it. The Chargers, like a weird opponent. Um just they they just fired their coach. They have backup quarterback. They might not have Keenan Allen, backup center, missing Joey Bosa. Like a lot of missing pieces to this operation. And, you know, new coaches and new spots for this week. It's a funky game. But the Bills need to understand their advantages, right? Josh Allen, talent on the roster, coaching, like cohesiveness, and go on the road and win a game despite them potentially getting a bump from firing their coach, despite them having extra time to prepare. Again, they played last Thursday. You have a short week on the road across the country. You got to put all that behind you and go beat a football team that you're supposed to beat. So there you have it. Bills, Chargers, Primer. We got another conversation coming for you. Want to do our typical last conversation where we do, you know, final thoughts, injuries, predictions. That's all coming your way. So I'll probably get that out to you maybe Thursday night, maybe Friday morning, something like that. Uh, but I want to give you as much time as possible ahead of Saturday night to get the typical content consumed that we produce here on a weekly basis. So don't miss anything. Would love it if you took a second to rate, review, and share the podcast. Have a great rest of your day. Go Bills! And I look forward to catching up with you again one more time before the Bills face the Chargers.